As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Built to Last show. I'm really thrilled for our guest today. We have the incredible Andy Monet. Welcome to the show, Andy. Oh, thank you so much, Megan. I'm super excited to be here today. Yeah, I, I am so excited to dive into this conversation because not only do you have an extremely decorated, uh, multi-decade career in the business space, you also enjoy life. You enjoy living. You have a family. You're married, kids. I was I was uh, checking a little bit out about you on your Instagram. I was like, I want to go like see other things that she's interested in as well. <laughs> and I also saw that you're a triathlete. Um, <laughs> and I think I saw somewhere, uh, I'm going to get you to talk about this. I think I saw somewhere, maybe it was a review of your work. And the guy said, and she speaks five languages. And I'm like, this woman <laughs> is like amazing. We got to have her on. So welcome to the show, Andy. If you'll take just a moment and tell the listeners a little bit about you, what you do and kind of fill us in on the backstory and how you even got started in the, in the business world. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a, a surprise to even hear this out loud, honestly, but my, I originally started my first business when I was 16 years old, when I found myself homeless because my single mom abandoned me. And, you know, at 16 years old, I had to figure out what I was going to do with my life. How would I, you know, what would happen? And we don't, you know, as you can guess, you don't have somebody just holding your hand saying, you know, you can do this and you can do that. And within 24 hours, my solution to my situation was to start a business. And looking back, honestly, I have no idea really where that came from, but it was really a blessing and, and it was really challenging as you can imagine. So, you know, I was homeless. I was knocking on on business doors, door, literally door-to-door sales with, you know, whatever I could do, whether it was bookkeeping or copying or stapling or, you know, answering the phones during lunchtime or whatever. And it was a really hard, long journey at the beginning and scary, frankly, but um, that's where it started. And, you know, a lot of people have these entrepreneurial, you know, visions and journeys and dreams. And I was like, look, I just needed to, I just needed to eat (laughs) and find a place to live literally. And the, you know, that journey really led me to my passions and my belief systems and my, how I contribute to society and, and how I wanted to make a difference in the world. And and all of these things that I think are really powerful and empowering to other people. Wow. I love what a story that you have. We could like, probably, you could probably tell like more, (laughs) more nuances of that story. I bet you have so many to share. Okay. You use the word motivation. And I imagine over the course of your career, like when you were 16, starting your own businesses, there was a certain kind of motivation, right? Like you had to eat, you had to have a roof over your head. This is a certain kind of motivation, probably like extrinsic. I need these, I need these things. Or maybe it was intrinsic. Right. I'm going to ask you. And then fast forward, you know, you've got a roof over your head. You're insanely successful now. 
I imagine that as your stage of life changed and as you grew as an individual and a business owner, what motivated you probably shifted as well. And I think that's something that entrepreneurs, we don't really talk about it a lot. And and even when we do, I'm not sure that we actually understand how we're truly motivated. So could you talk about, you know, what, what was motivating you then and then how that shifted as your life changed over time? Absolutely. And I think that's a really good point because um, I think just as natural human beings, we want, we, we have thoughts, right? And we emotionally, I feel like we know we'll change, but day to day, we don't, you know, stability makes us feel comfortable, right? And owning a business is not comfortable. And it forces you, as you know, to be uncomfortable because you can't be successful without being uncomfortable in that journey. And so the motivation specifically changes as well, right? And so, you know, sometimes the motivation moves from money to, um, you know, stability or, you know, with COVID, there was a lot of people running, starting businesses because they really just didn't have any choice, right? And that's fine. And that's great. And, you know, I want to empower those people. But like today where I am now, which is, you know, who knows, three, four, five, six different motivational steps later is that there's so, I don't know if I'm doing this too much, but like we have priorities in our life and I don't want to, I don't want to put my priority, treat my priorities like, like leftovers, like, if is my faith important to me? Yes. Are my children important to me? Yes. Are my family relationships important to me? Yes. Well, if they're important to me, then I should not put them last. And so I, it's important for me to build my business and my, and the, my entire life around my priorities. So that means I have to be honest with myself. That means I have to be committed to what I say are my priorities and then find out what hours are left in my day and say, those are the that's the time that I'm going to commit to, to work. And the reason that that's important is because let's say I only have six hours to work. Well, how do you be successful in six hours a day? Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, it's not that easy. And, um, but that the commitment and the motivation and the passion of making your priorities, your priorities, I think is the catalyst to be successful in the hours that you have to be successful. And one of the things that I do, which you didn't, you know, not the point of your question is that's why I do what I do in the sense of helping businesses have explosive profits without adding cost or time to their day, because there's no point in growing, you know, double or tripling your revenue. If you're also double and tripling the time that you're working. Right. Yeah. So, and I just think that a lot of, you know, I know not everybody's going to, believe me or understand me or even agree with me, but at least I've put out the seed that it is possible and yeah. that there are people who do that. Yeah. Yeah. Over the course of having a business, I mean, I'm sure you've had seasons in your life as a business owner where it was just like all business and maybe it was like the oh, hustle sure. and the grind, right? You work with businesses, you work with other organizations and sometimes, and, and like we were chatting earlier, you and I both tend to be like, when we work with our clients, like it, it tends to be like all business. That being said, you still have had time to raise a family, learn multiple <laughs> languages, you know, compete in other types of personal growth challenges like triathlons. I'm sure there's other things that you've done as well. Can you speak into, you know, 
as entrepreneurs who are so driven, we could just say like, well, my hobby is my business. And that's the only thing we're doing and we're Absolutely. thinking about through the course of your own journey personally and working with your clients, what like to what degree is it important to also have a life and allow that to fuel the growth of your business versus take away time when I should be working on growing my business? I have the opinion that you can't have a successful business if business is the only thing you do. And personally and professionally and with clients, because when you make your business first above everything else, everything else feels like it's taken away from your business, like you just said. But when you really, again, I again, this is my opinion, is that that's why the for me, defining what your priorities are, the business naturally comes not first. But when you change that mindset and that perception of how business, in my opinion, anyway, should complement your life, it shouldn't be the focus of your life. It should complement the rest of your life. And when you change that, you know, looking from one side to the other, doing other things, you realize and experience that it really does make a difference. And I say, and there's a lot of science behind this, by the way, which we don't have time to get into. But, you know, I think a lot of us know that as we exercise, we get endorphins and with endorphins and oxygen in our system, we're able to think better. Like if I have trouble, I literally walk away from my laptop. Like if there's something I can't figure out yet or whatever the situation is, or I'm stressed or frustrated, whatever the case happens, I literally, instead of pushing myself more into forcing my body and my psyche, my, you know, everything, my emotions into solving a problem, I actually walk away from it. And whether that's literally, if you saw in my living room, there's a puzzle on the table. I could go to the gym. I could take a drive. I could eat lunch, whatever it is like that. Those breaks are necessary, both physically and emotionally and spiritually, and even financially, because that's how we fuel our company is by taking those breaks that are necessary, whether, whether or not you're frustrated is not the point, yeah. but we, those, we have to do that else your business will not ever grow as much as it could be. Yeah. Do you have those types of things like already built in? Like, I mean, you said, I've got a puzzle behind me in my living room that I could go work on. I could go eat lunch. Do you already have that established? So that in those moments, you can go to those things because they're already there. It's sort of like, you know, we're going to meal prep for it's the like week. like preparing your meals. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. So you already have that all yeah. figured out. So it makes it Absolutely. Easy. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, they're conscientious decisions, right? I mean, I have things built into my life that I, that I enjoy, that I know are my outlet. It's, I mean, and then in a really odd analogy, it's like, if you go on a diet, and let's say you don't want to, whatever, have bread, right? Well, not having bread is only one step of the challenge. The next challenge is you have to replace it with something, you know, whether it's apples or coffee or a smoothie or whatever it is. Like people think that not doing something because it's good for them is enough. And it's not like there has to be a process next. And that next process, a lot of people really forget whether it's the substitute in what you do or how you think or what you eat or whatever, you know, there's, there has to be a substitution process. And because then you start training your brain to, oh, now I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then it becomes a habit. And then the habit, you know, good or bad, as you can imagine, Mm -hmm. is how we, we really enhance our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter, who's 11. We watched, there's a documentary on Amazon Prime and I think it's called The Sugar Film. 
And it was this guy from Australia and he had not had sugar, like no sugar at all for quite a few years. And he said, I'm going to do this mm-hmm. experiment for 60 days. I'm going to mm-hmm. eat a healthy diet, but it's got to have sugar in it. So things like apple juice, like we think apple juice is healthy or cereal, yogurt. He couldn't have cookies, couldn't have ice cream, no candy, like nothing that we know is just sugar. And so our daughter Brighton watched it and she goes, I'm going to do an experiment for a week and I'm going to cut out all like refined and processed sugars. And to your point, every single day she's had to figure out, okay, if I'm not eating the cliff bar, Mm -hmm. what am I going to eat in replace of that? If I usually take this for lunch in my lunchbox, what am I going to do instead? And so every day it's sort of like this puzzle and she's got to figure it out because if she didn't have anything to replace it with, what would she do? She would default to go grab the cliff bar. And And that's what I was about to say next is if you don't have a replacement, then you're always going to default back to whatever it was before. Yeah. And then that, and then it's restarts that, which we're not talking about, but you know, restarts that I'm a failure or I'm not succeeding, or I'm going back to the same, even with the business, like I'm, I'm making the same mistakes. I'm hiring more people. I'm not solving the problem. You know, it just, it, that those steps permeate our life, whether it's our business or our personal life or our, our eating habits or our, even our relationships, you know, with our children or our spouses, like it's, and I know that's a little deeper than our conversation probably, but it does it's like, these are things that the things that I teach in business are the things that I also use in my personal life as well. Yeah. yeah. So in order to like maintain and sustain the kind of personal life you want to have and do things outside of your business, obviously you have probably had clients over the years that, you know, all of our clients expect a really high level of excellency. And sometimes clients can also be really demanding, especially when you're working with businesses, when you're working with really large Mm -hmm. companies and things change. What, if you will share, like maybe just a couple of boundaries you have in place, like how do you work with, you know, companies like this that may be very, very demanding, but you have set particular goals or outcomes in your personal life. You have certain times you've dedicated for your own self-care and to the people in your family. How do you set boundaries so that you don't feel, you know, almost like I see a lot of people, and I'm sure you see this too. We have a tendency, especially as women to be people pleasers. Oh yeah. Or think, oh gosh, if I don't jump right now. Yes. But then what we do is, you know, we don't go do what we said we're going to do with our family or we skip the workout or we don't do the thing. How have you been able to maintain boundaries with clients? Yeah, it's well, as you can imagine, it's very, it's very conscientious. And and I've been there. I mean, as a woman, as a, as a mother, as a business owner, and, and it takes effort like anything else. And so the, the things that I have in place personally, I have several. One is, well, first, I'm a, I'm a handshake person. I've always been. And if somebody takes advantage of that, they do. And that's the, I'm willing to make that sacrifice because I want to be a genuine person who wants to work with you because I want to work with you, not because I signed an agreement, not, you know, and if they want me to sign an agreement, that's fine. But I say that because my quote unquote agreement really just says there's no commitment, but I want you to understand these parameters in working with me. And you need to know them ahead of time. One is my family comes first. Second, these are the hours I don't work. I don't work on Sundays. Unless um, if I work on Sundays, it's because I want to, not because they want to. But so anyway, but I, as far as they're concerned, there's no scheduling calls on Sunday. I don't work, you know, late at night unless 
unless it's something that I want to do, I don't say that. But in my contract, these are the, the, the parameters that they know ahead of time. And frankly, people say no. They're like, look, if I want I want what I want and I'm paying you, so you better do it. And I'm like, well, then you're not the client for me. And I, I mean, it's easier, of course, with experience and you know, having a, an established business for a while, but maybe some other people's priorities are not that strict. Maybe it's less strict and that's okay, but you have to build it into your life, right? So that agreement is one of them. And the other thing, which is also related is if they want to, I don't do this with everybody, just with whoever wants to do it is book time on my calendar, you have the link and my personal time is built into my calendar, right? So like for me, when I spend an hour with my son, when he wakes up, I spend an hour when he gets home so we can communicate and bond and talk about his day and eat eat a snack. And then I have an hour with him at night, right before bedtime, we do puzzles and games and read or whatever it is, right? So my son gets three hours. I don't care who wants to talk to me. They don't get those hours, period. I I don't care. I mean, again, coming 35 years later into a business, it's easier now, but it's just too bad. Like, if this is something that's important to me, then it's important to me. And the money is not going to replace the missed time. Your children only grow up once, right? Yeah. Yep. And if they always see, okay, mom is too busy for me, then that leads into a whole nother psychology of, okay, well, you know, work's more important. Money is more important. Mom doesn't love me as much, you know, and there's all these other parenting things, which I've spent a lot of time doing my own journey, reading and researching, because I want to build healthy, stable children, right? Because they're our future. So that's, for me, that's a priority, not only my children, but how they're going to contribute to the world. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is, A, you're, and you've stated this a few times, number one, you're very clear on your priorities. And again, as you know, I think the other thing as women that we want to invite ourselves to do more often is reevaluate our priorities and our values more often. I think that we don't do it enough. And as we're growing rapidly and as our stage of life or season of life that we're in, I think that sometimes we are defaulting to, well, my priorities and values like 10 years ago or five years ago. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is that is something that you are pretty consistently, I imagine, evaluating and you're exceptionally clear on them. And then number three, the other thing that I'm hearing you say is, you set the intention and the boundary. You communicate that very clearly with a brand new client right out of the gate. So that Absolutely. two months or three months later, they're not like, why are you not available? What's right. going on? Because again, with women, if we are kind of playing that people pleaser card or we're motivated by trying to avoid negative consequences, you know, we just want to like delight the client from the get-go. And we Absolutely. think delighting them is like, selling our soul over mm-hmm. to them and all of our time Absolutely. and sacrificing. And then we feel so awkward if we didn't set it up with the right tone, right. the right way, right out of the gate. Absolutely. And I've been there, you know, and the other thing kind of related is, um, and an attorney, my attorney, my um, patent attorney actually taught me this is she builds into her contracts that if you communicate with me, my, my um, response time is whatever it was. I think it was 48 hours. So that if you respond sooner, great. But if you don't, you've already agreed and acknowledged that this is an acceptable, that you agreed to this time frame. And so I think that that's really important as well. But but um, what you had said about the, you know, yeah, we, and, and this has been a long journey for me personally, is I am not so, I, 
I mean, people pleaser is definitely one of the words, but more that, and this comes back to my, you know, my childhood in the sense of, you know, the reason I was homeless is because my mother had, um, was mentally unstable. I didn't know how, what would trigger her anger that day, you know, how she would be reacting and all these things. And so I grew up having to find a place where I did not trigger her, you know? And so in business, what that translated to is, and how do I make her happy, right? What not only not trigger her, but also make her happy. And so I was good at making people happy. Then I realized I wasn't, you know, um, it was dysfunctional, but then I'm okay. Well, if I don't make people happy because I need to them to be happy now, I'm making people happy within the, healthy parameters of, Hey, I kick ass at what I do, excuse my language. And I know that I can make a difference in your life. And so my yeses to my clients are out of professional acknowledgement that I will help you reach the goals that you want to reach. Not because I need you to be happy that I'm available today for two hours. I mean, I have clients who call me like this morning already, three clients, you said, Hey, do you have time to meet today? I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't. Yeah. And it's, and it still feels a little bit awkward, but again, with habit, the more you do it and I abruptly changing, if you don't respect your time, nobody else will. Yeah. If you don't respect your priorities, nobody else will. If you don't love yourself, you know, and I love my clients, you know, how can they love me in a way that I think is healthy for me to be loved and for them too. Right. And so, um, I know we've all heard that growing up, but it's different when you live it, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to, and I'm probably talking way too much, but this is important. Like, it's important to know that your success, whether it's money or relationships or whatever, starts with you. It it doesn't start with anything outside of yourself ever. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, except for support and guidance, right? But, But you have to make the decision for yourself. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, and what I also love that you're sharing, and, and I hope that people are picking up on this, is that you have certain tools in place, right? Like one that's so simple, and I don't think people always think of it as a tool. They think of it more as like a restriction, but your calendar. I love hearing you say, I've got my personal oh, yes. life in my calendar and clients and business doesn't get in the way of my family time, you know, my time with my son. And a lot of people, and I'm, I love structure, um, love structure, love systems, Sometimes people just feel so boxed in and so locked in if they have to put everything on a calendar, but it actually is what is allowing you to honor yourself. It really is. It does. And you know what? A lot of people also don't recognize that this is so counterintuitive, but the more you schedule, the more you get done. And most people feel the opposite. And I know because I used to be that person. I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I need to do throughout the day. And, but your mind is not, not focused. And you, you know, if you spend 30 minutes or two hours, you don't know. And what are the other eight things you need to accomplish today? And once you start categorizing, even if you don't necessarily stick to it minute by minute, I mean, not that I have a minute by minute calendar, I don't, but you know, this is the hour I'm going to block with for this client. This is the hour I'm going to block for checking emails, you know, it's a conscientious decision to say, okay, I'm going to extend my time with working on a client for 10 more minutes, right? Instead of email, instead of just 
working until you're like, maybe I should do something else. Mm -hmm. So it increases your productivity. And by the way, it increases your finances because if you budget, I budget not because I don't have the money. I budget because I actually make more money when I budget. I save more money when I budget. I'm I'm financially focused. Like if I have a five thousand dollar marketing budget, and some you know another person, another consultant that I want to start doing marketing, it would it, it exceed my budget. It's not that I don't. It's not that I say no. It's that I make a conscious decision whether I want to say no. Yes, and that is a very different mindset than the no, just no or yes. Yes. So I same for me. And again, like this is another like touchy topic, money and finances with oh, yes. women especially because Always. traditionally we're not the ones in our households that are running the finances. I do as well. I run the finances in our house, business and uh personal. I also like I don't do our taxes, but I get everything ready for our taxes. And I we have a personal budget, we have a business mud- budget. Just because we make more money in our business, it does not mean that we necessarily pay ourselves more on the personal right, side. Exactly. So our budget stays the same. And since doing that, you know, I've done both where I didn't. And it's like, let's just check the bank account. Is there money in there? Let's go spend it. I've, I've lived that way. I've operated businesses that way. And then I've also had the budgets. And it's so interesting, like, especially in the, I, I'd probably say like the personal development space. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, all about, go after all your desires and all of our desires typically cost money. And there's this, you know, the word budget is kind of a five letter word in the personal (laughs) development space, but to your point and what I have noticed in my own life as well, having a budget, I have more money. Absolutely, I make more money because I have a budget versus the way I was making decisions before. And I was there too. I mean, that's how, you know, you know, again, I, you know, after 35 years, you learn this actually does work or, you know, or even reinforce, reinforcing something that you believed in before. And budgets are, you know, as you said, money is money and finances and financial statements are really hard for the average person, mm-hmm. especially women. And, and that's one of the reasons, like one of the many reasons I do what I do, because I'm like, you I don't talk about finances because it instantly scares people. But if I talk about it in a different way, which is the exact same thing, just talked about it in a different way. I guess I, that was a redundant statement. But anyway, um, they're more open to hearing how they can be successful in an area that either they don't feel that they're good at. Like most, the average woman doesn't feel that they're good at math, doesn't feel that they're good at finances, doesn't feel that they could necessarily, you know, just be that person, the quote unquote, that person. Right. And it's not, it's, it's an emotional response, but you can do it. You just have to be able to be in a, in an environment where somebody can explain it to you. And, and actually I'm going to interrupt myself because I have a perfect story. So when I, so my original background is in engineering and physics and statistics, all numbers, all numbers, 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 numbers. And I used to tutor calculus and everybody, of course, who goes into tutoring says they're not good at math. And I would say, look, it's not that you're not good at math. It's just you've had one teacher explaining it one way in a way that you didn't. It's like, you know, communicating in English when you speak French or any other language. They're not going to understand you. And that's normal. It is normal that most people don't learn the same way. And so I'm here to help you learn in a way that's going to make sense for you. And that, and that's what I do with my business, with finances and business development and business strategies and all those things is that 
I find out who I'm talking to and find out how to explain it to them where it makes sense Mm -hmm. in easy to implement, easy to understand ways. So they can, the whole point is to empower you and to give you, you know, help you build confidence in running a business. I want you to not own a small business. I want you to be a corporate executive in your business. And that takes skill and experience and knowledge and tools. Yes, it does. Okay. One final question that I am super interested in because you have been in the business world for three decades. Okay. And not only are you a genius at the numbers and the optimization and all the business stuff, you're clearly also very in tune with people and you are a phenomenal relationship builder. And I'm interested in your perspective on especially the last three-ish years and how business has changed simply based on or how operating with business owner has has changed based on the culture, the climate, and how society and people have changed over the last few years. Have you seen a, you know, a difference in how we need to approach business, how we need to approach the relationships that we're building with potential clients, with our current clients? Again, like you've probably seen patterns and lots of changes over 30 years, but you know, from what I've been seeing, the climate of what's required to actually generate leads, close sales, continue to grow the business. If we have not been in touch with the culture and the climate and the psychology of people over the last few years, what we did three years ago isn't working the same way. Can you speak into that a yeah, little bit? Absolutely. And and actually, it's funny you say that because this is something that I've been really kind of on my soapbox about in the last year because, and this is not, hopefully does not offend anybody, but traditional sales and, and marketing is sort of more in your face kind of, um, you know, your life's going to be horrible unless you do this and scare tactics and just very aggressive. And with the new generation of people, you know, you know, the millennials and then the, 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 I can't even remember the names, but they're different people and they need to be catered to in different way. And I don't mean that from an, from a manipulative standpoint, I mean it from a, what I call a business value standpoint, where it's not just knowing who your target market is. It's knowing how to communicate with them. And what I have seen is that people are much more in a good way, very conscientious about their, their purchasing choices. They want to know if it's the right thing for them. And not only is it the right solution for them, but are you, and I'm, I'm using a word that they don't, that is not used, but how are you making them first? How are you making them a priority? How are you, in my words, how are you loving on them? How are you respecting them? And respect, I think, is really one of the key words because if the the new client coming into business right now, and I have a lot of 20-something e-commerce millionaires already, if you're not respecting them in the sense of, hey, we're in a partnership together, this is not just you saying, hey, do this. Um, because I said so, but hey, this needs to make sense for you and your world and your philosophy and your mentality and building that that relationship, they don't want to have anything to do with you. And it's not it's that's not why I am have am talking about it recently. It's more because I think it was the right thing to do a long time ago. Mm. Like this is not about 
I've been in th- business 35 years. This is not how amazing I am and the Fortune 500 companies that I work for and and the whatever, my hourly rate and the five degrees and the six languages that I speak have nothing to do with any of that. What it has to do with is you have a challenge that you want help with. And this is specifically how I'm able to help you. And this is why this is the result you're going to get. And this is why I think it's a good decision. Mm-hmm. Having nothing to do with anything with me directly. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that's the value that we bring to the table. And it's what I call the business value. If you don't know your business value for your specific client, then it's going to be a really harder uphill battle than otherwise. Yeah. I love that. I love that. This has been incredible. We could like just keep talking, (laughs) but we don't have time for that today. I'd love for you to share. I know that you uh, are an international bestselling author. Tell us about your book, where we can find that and where people can better connect with you. Yes. So one of my books is Women Who Lead. Uh, It's a collaborative book with several women entrepreneurs sharing their journey and their mission and their passion and why they, you know, tips also things that you can incorporate on a day-to-day level, which I think is really important. But I also have a scale with sanity book, which is because, you know, how do you, how do you really build your business without losing, without losing time, clients or your sanity, which is why I called it that. And that's actually being published any day now, (laughs) but um, it's really Uh, explains the mindset of things that you need to think about to be able to set your company up for really explosive growth. And I'm really excited and passionate about that because everything is possible, you know, and that should be coming up in on Amazon within the next 30 days, sometime before the end of February of 2022. That is a weird year to say, but yeah, so super excited about that. Amazing. Well, congratulations on that. And we'll pop those links down in our show notes below. So if you want to go grab a copy and read it, just click those links. They are below in the show notes. Andy, this has been so fabulous. I've loved our conversation. Thank you so much for sharing with us about your journey from start all the way up until now. Um, We appreciate it so much. Such a pleasure to be here. And I hope to add, hope that somebody finds value because there's so much value out there by me and other people who really just want to share our story and provide resources. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.